Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker, we have come to the ninth and final episode of this series, talking about the things you need to know about your client's personality so that you can connect with them better and what that looks like when you are coaching your clients or when you are attracting your ideal clients in your marketing. Now, so far, we have covered Enneagram types one through eight, their nature, their nurture, and how the acknowledgement languages helps you connect to them in a very authentic way. That way, you are creating and building rapport and trust, which is so necessary to maintain the business relationships in a healthy way. If you have no clue what the nine acknowledgement languages are, please be sure to go back and listen to this whole series. And then for a deeper dive, go check out my book at powercoachgen.com. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, even if your client is not the type that's in the episode title, I want you to listen to them anyway, because I am referencing other types when I'm comparing and contrasting and explaining how your client might be a pseudotype. And sometimes it's those very, very small nuances that make it really click between whether your client is a type blank or a type blank. Now, today I'm going to talk about the Enneagram type nine their nature and nurture and acknowledgement languages, and how you can connect with them best. So if you have a client that you think might be an Enneagram type nine, or you would like to attract type nines in your marketing, let's go ahead and get started. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, creatives, and educators like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective in what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make and have fun doing it. 
Your personality is your business. So let's get down to business. Let me first point out that not all nines are lazy couch potatoes and longing for naps. <laughs> this is just one subtype of the type nine. Now, my husband, he is a type nine. And at first, he didn't really resonate with the descriptions because of that stereotypical self-preservation nine behavior that often you see in memes and reels. Now, he is a marathoner. And that doesn't exactly fall under lazy in my book. <laughs> but if you ask him about his motivation, it's type nine all day, every day. And that is what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Now, I, on the other hand, I love my naps. I love sitting on the couch, binge watching episodes of The Office. And as a mother, I can be self-effacing. I can put other people's needs before mine and even lose sight of my own needs and opinions on some things. But I am not a nine. So here's your reminder once again that just because your client is behaving like a type nine, it does not mean that they are actually a type nine. Remember in episode 13, that's the type one episode, I give more context into why this is important that you need to be aware of as a coach, a mentor, an educator, or a service-based provider. As soon as your client feels boxed in, they experience stress, whether they're aware of it or not. And they're going to react out of that stress. They might feel misunderstood. They might feel trapped or oppressed. They might feel manipulated or controlled or wronged, rejected, unsupported, or stupid. And you can do your part to avoid this by learning the art of asking questions. And the better you become at this one skill, the more effective you're going to be at doing your job. Because the more you know about your client, the more they're going to feel connected to you. And the more connected they feel to you, the more they're going to want to do business with you. Also, the less effort they have to make to explain themselves to you, which a lot of times can distract them from the actual goal or the reason why they came to you and sought your help in the first place. And if you want to really be able to help your customers and your clients or students make the progress that they want, you've got to learn to ask questions, but not any questions, questions that make them focus, that lead to big insights and self-awareness. And most importantly, you want to be able to avoid the questions or wording the questions in such a way that's going to overwhelm them. Now, this is going to vary depending on your client's Enneagram type, but if you don't know for sure which type they are, I have a whole list of questions for you to get you started that's going to help you build rapport and help your client make progress and even help you narrow down which type that they might be, which makes it even easier to formulate questions. Stay tuned for more information on that. Now, let's talk about the Enneagram type nine. Now, remember... This might be the last episode, but this is not the last time I'm going to say it. <laughs> Enneagram types are based on motivations and not behaviors. Let's go ahead and break this down into the two categories of surface motivations and core motivations. Now, the surface motivations of the type nine is to bring everyone together in perfect harmony. They want everyone to get along without any tension or conflict. And in doing this, they have a tendency to merge with others or go with the flow. They are the poster child for easygoing. 
a lot of times they are willing to give up their own needs if they actually know what those needs are <laughs> in an attempt to please or to pacify other people. And this is why they've earned that label of the peacemaker. But on average, they are really more like peacekeepers. Now, remember, these are surface motivations. Any type can be motivated to keep the peace. But the difference is for the type nine, that fixation is on maintaining connection while you are in their physical presence. In the previous episodes, I have talked about the type three being the social chameleon and the type six being the perspective chameleon. Type nines are the energy chameleon in that they sense the different energies that are in the room and they take steps to align or to harmonize them. And this is why they make really great compromisers because they can see that overall impact and how to minimize it for everyone, as long as they're not under chronic stress, that is. <laughs> they're usually really patient and go with whatever other people want and usually are well-liked, get along, and tend to not want to rock the boat, which can look lazy at times, but for other people, it can look super friendly. But still, these are just surface motivations. Now, if you get along with everyone, that doesn't make you an automatic type nine. So let's look at their core motivations. Their core motivations is to be at ease, to be comfortable on an energetic level. And their core fear is being disconnected from people, events, items, anything that brings them ease or brings them comfort. Now, pursuing what you want isn't always comfortable or easy. So saying no or enforcing boundaries can be a struggle for a type nine. This leads to overwhelm, at least to distractions, overcommitments, and thus tiredness and this underlying irritability. Now, remember, I mentioned in the episode for the type five that type fives have more energy than they think and that type nines have less energy than they think. So sometimes this can make them appear lazy and that underlying irritability can make them appear passive aggressive. And their withdrawn nature can make them appear avoidant or complacent. But this is not the intention of the type nine. It's just a natural hardwiring, a default response to their environment. And sometimes they literally don't know what they want. Or they're having this inner dialogue about whether or not the act of expressing their needs is going to cause a bigger conflict. Now, by using the nine acknowledgement languages, this is going to help you recognize some self-sabotaging behaviors in your client. And it's going to guide you on what questions that you need to ask that's going to make your client feel validated, safe, empowered to know what the best move that's going to help bring them balance and give them that overall sense of peace, a sustainable sense of peace, not just peace in the moment. So as their coach or mentor, you're going to need to give them that safe place that allows them to discover or rediscover what their own goals and desires are and not the ones that they adopted from the people around them that they trust and care about. You want to be able to help them to understand that boundaries are helpful and that is actually less impactful on other people when they know where they stand. 
even when that stance is an opposing or an alternate view. And a lot of times, ironically, this will lead to stronger connections, which is what they're trying so hard to maintain. So now let's talk about nurtured type nines or a pseudo type nine. This is when your client behaves like a type nine, but it isn't actually a type nine. The type nine is at the top of the Enneagram symbol and any type that is connected by a line or along the circle is going to naturally resonate with some of the behaviors associated with the type nine. Now, for example, let's look at wings. A one with a nine wing is going to be looking to create those connections like the type nine, but through the filter of their moral ethics. If the other person or the crowd is not following their moral ethics, they will not go along, not even to get along. They will definitely take a stance. A type eight with a nine wing is going to be more easygoing and more aware of the presence of other people like a nine, but they're going to be more direct and they're going to have a more strong front and a solid stance like the type eight. And this easygoing nature is not for the benefit of getting along. Type threes in a stressful moment are going to get so caught up in their fear of failure that they will start to go along with what other people say. And a lot of times this might be a safety net that if things are to fail, at least it wasn't their doing. They might even withdraw like a type nine and not even participate at all and completely dissociate themselves from something that they see might be a failure because this might tarnish their reputation. Type six is in a secure moment or when they are integrating with a type nine, they are going to be able to trust faster, connect faster, especially in regards to the big picture. And in that way, they're going to have less anxiety about the what ifs and be braver to actually go with the flow. Now, since type nines merge with other types, they can behave similar to any of the types. But the most common mistypes are the type nines and twos because they're both self-effacing, they're trying to be helpful, but it's for different motivations. For example, the type two is about their identity and about showing appreciation or gaining appreciation. But for the type nines, it's more for comfort and ease and connection. Now, type sevens and type nines can also be mistyped because they're both positive and they can look at the bright side of any situation. But type sevens are looking at the experience and type nines are looking at connection or trying to bring relief within the group or the other person. And we've also touched on the fact that type nines and type fives a lot of times can look alike as well. Your client might be a nurtured type nine if they had some kind of influence in their life or experience with someone that has similar behaviors to a type nine. For example, they may have gotten into the habit of saying yes because they were able to because of their lot in life at the time, but then maybe circumstances change and now they're not able to establish proper boundaries when their circumstances changed. Or maybe they adopt a style of tolerance, but they don't actually take a stand or maybe weren't allowed to take a stand. This can be a trauma response to being neglected or being in a hostile environment where giving up your needs or your beliefs or your ideas was a means of survival. And maybe you received the message that your needs aren't as important as keeping the peace. 
And again, there could be mental conditions that kind of mimic the behaviors of a type nine, like ADHD can mimic the distractibility of a type nine, narcolepsy, or even a hormone imbalance, even a lack of exercise or a poor diet can mimic the low energy of a nine or just plain lack of sleep. There are so many ways behavior-wise any type might resonate with type nine behaviors. The difference again is in the core motivations and the default stress patterns. So each type has their own unique stress and growth patterns. And those are key to self-awareness and helping your client grow in the right direction. Now, when it comes to messaging in your business, if you know you want to work with type nines, then you can tweak your copy in order to attract your ideal client. Some of the things that might attract a type nine are all-in-one platforms or all-inclusive services, hacks or anything that's like how to do hard things the easy way. You also want to avoid deadlines, especially short deadlines, and use language that speaks to their slow pace, like gradual or DIY or go at your own pace. If you have any questions about this or you need specific examples of how to incorporate this in your own personal situation with a client or in your marketing, post your question in the Unbox Your Personality Facebook group and I'll be sure to answer it. That link is in the show notes. In the next episode, I'm going to do a sort of recap summary of all nine types and show you how to get that list of questions that's going to help you coach your clients when you're not exactly sure which Enneagram type that they might be. Now, as we wrap up season three, I'm actually going to go through and explain the structure of the nine acknowledgement languages so you can grasp the concept a little bit better and know how to apply it to each of the types. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of that. The acknowledgement languages for the type nine and all of the types are gonna guide you as the coach to help you understand what gets them focused, what gets their attention, where they typically get stuck and have limiting beliefs, or even how they unintentionally sabotage their progress. And then you're able to see how you need to speak to them in a way that keeps them connected to you. So they trust you when you show them that ladder to help them get out of their box. And for a type nine, a lot of times you have to show them that peacekeeping is actually stressful and often unproductive to overall harmony within a group. And chronic stress, that's what keeps us in our boxes, regardless of what type we are. Now you can help alleviate your client's stress by helping them feel that connection to you, helping them feel worthy of being connected to themselves. And that frees them up to unbox themselves and truly unleash their power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.